guys, what's up? This is Gabriel Machiret, and welcome to show number two of Startup Founders. Today, I'm excited, I'm almost giggling because this interview is gonna be absolutely freaking amazing. Today, I had a chat with Sky Blackburn, that she's actually the founder of Edible Bug Shop. And technically, what they do is they sell bugs. And by bugs, I mean insects. They're edible insects. And technically, the reason why, and I'm going to be reading from their website, is our bodies are designed to have varied diet, and adding edible insects to our regular routine is important for us to do. And edible insects are a great source of protein. And in fact, they have a cricket protein powder that contains 69% protein. And I talk about this in the podcast with Sky. Very interesting. And talks about, I mean, omega-3 and calcium. And the most interesting thing about this podcast is her vision and her passion. And I'm inspired about what they're doing, mainly because as a founder, Sky is so honest. And you're going to learn about her patience, building an audience, and how she actually focused on producing these, I mean, delicious, believe it or not, they're delicious products, and at the same time, educating the market while working on new entrepreneurial ideas. So it's actually very, very interesting. And during this whole process, when I started the interview, I had one view about eating crickets that, trust me, it wasn't in my plans. But today, okay, I actually ordered some, I mean, some crickets to receive in my house because after talking to Sky, actually changed my view about the way that we consume food and even more important, talking to her has helped me to change the way I see creating a business with the passion that is required. And in many cases where I talk to startup members, startup founders, talk about the passion is not important. I think in this case, being aligned with your values and with your mission in life is part of the reason why Edible Box Shop actually works and a successful business. So enjoy the interview and hopefully at the end you will give a go to have some crickets introduced into your diet. Okay, so before we continue, I want to mention the quote of the day. It's one quote every single show and this one is absolutely vital to remember these words. It says, in between goals is a thing called life that has to be lived and enjoyed. And this is actually by Sid Caesar. He's an entertainer. I actually have no idea who he is. But I love the quote, and let me read it again. In between goals is a thing called life that has to be lived and enjoyed. And the reason why I want to read this quote today is one of the things I find constantly is how badly do we want to achieve success? How badly do we want to build our startup? How badly do we want to make it, right? To always hustle, always crush it, always trying to do epic stuff. But sometimes we forget that we are alive. Sometimes we forget that we have to live our life and that there's more in life than raising capital, launching a website, launching a landing page, getting clients and building a startup. Is also about living your life in a meaningful way. So hopefully if today you listen to this podcast and it's a stressful day, you have a super busy week and first of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. Well, slow down and remember those words. 
in between the goals that you have right now for your startup and your business, you have this precious thing called life. So hopefully you're going to have a great week, enjoy it, and let's continue with the podcast. Sky, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to have you in Startup Founders. Before we start, okay, why you don't tell the audience exactly, I mean, who's Sky Blackburn and what do you do for a living? So um, obviously my name is Sky and I'm the founder of the Edible Bug Shop. Um, we've got Australia's largest edible insect farm. We've been producing insects for human consumption since 2007. Um, I've actually got a really unique set of skills. So I'm a food scientist and I'm an entomologist, which is a bug scientist, if you're not familiar with that one. Um, and that was completely by accident. It wasn't like I was going out making my job as an edible insect farmer. Um, but I just ended up with those two kind of qualifications and it works really well for me now. Okay, so which one came first? I mean, because I'm pretty sure when you were a little kid, you, you didn't say to yourself, I'm going to become a food scientist. So explain <laughs> to me first, what the hell is a food scientist? Um, so food scientists can have lots of different jobs. Um, so some people are involved in like regulatory framework, so making sure that businesses um, are complying with all the, the food regulations and things like that. Um, you can be a development food scientist, which means that you can work on new kinds of foods that you see eventually that comes out in the shops as well. Um, or you can be a food scientist that works in a lab, so there's lots of different things. Okay, perfect. So you started with that career path of I'm going to be a food scientist. That so far it doesn't sound very exciting. Okay, I mean the whole <laughs> thing of the regulation of restaurants. Okay, I mean I get it. It's important. How did you went from that to let me start studying bugs and and yeah and and crawling up insects. Well, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be an entomologist. I was that weird little kid that had um, like bugs sitting on her desk and would go out collecting things using little bottles and things at lunchtime at school. And um, when I went to university, I went out studying entomology first. But in Australia, there's not really that many jobs for entomology. So I did a degree in food science at the same time, just as kind of a backup because food science fits in quite well with my personality. I like things a certain way and you need to be that way um, to be a food scientist. Um, and then uh, while I was working as a food scientist, I started my very first job out of uni. I was working um, at a pet food company developing a science diet um, little pouch pet foods to make sure that cats and dogs have got the right nutrition and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I actually went on a holiday to Cairns and they had this beautiful butterfly farm there. I think that was when my husband turned about 30. So, um, I kind of looked at him and it was just so amazing that everybody that might not necessarily like bugs was standing around and they were fascinated by all these butterflies. So I looked at my husband and I said, oh, you know what, when we get home, I'm going to start my own butterfly farm. And he kind of looked at me and nodded his head and said, like, yes, darling, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, well, thinking that he wouldn't, um, wouldn't hear anything else about it. But when I got home, I was very determined. So I actually did start my own butterfly farm and I used the butterflies for education to help people learn all about how amazing insects are and how important they are in our environment. 
Um, and so that's how it started out with the bugs. But we're actually doing um, like a pet and animal expo and we were trying to think of unique kind of promotional items um, to sell to kind of get people to come over to our stand and learn a little bit about bugs. Um, and we just come back from Thailand. So edible insects definitely was something that we were talking about because we had learned about them in Thailand. So I thought, oh, why don't they make these little lollipops that have bugs on the inside? So they had crickets and um, mealworms and scorpions on the inside. And I made about a thousand of them with my brother. And um, Wait, you made a thousand just as a test. Let's make a thousand. Instead of making like, let's make them. No, let's make a thousand. We handmade a thousand lollipops and hand wrapped each one of them. So it took us quite a long time, but they sold out within a couple of hours on the day. So we were very happy with ourselves and kind of didn't think anything else of it. But in the weeks after, I kept getting calls from people saying, I heard about your bug lollipops. Um, where can I buy them? Or can I add them to the range in my store? Or okay, I've let's got hold two a- seconds. You, you made a thousand lollipops that had a bug inside, right? Yeah. Like real bug, right? Yeah, real bugs. Real and bugs. you sold a thousand in, in how long? Uh, it was a couple of hours. It was before lunch. So. <laughs> oh my God, talking about validating an idea. You sold one, you, so you got a thousand clients technically in, in, in a few hours. Okay, yeah. it's mind blowing. <laughs> keep going so um so because people kept calling and saying that they wanted them I just thought oh well why not why can't we have insect lollipops as part of the things that we do so we just kept making the lollipops and they were very very popular um and then people would just call and say oh we see that you do edible insect lollipops can you do something else? Like we've got a special event coming up. Um, and because I'm a food scientist, obviously my brain is a little bit creative in the ways that it thinks about food. So um, I kind of thought of a few different kinds of products that we could add to our website. Um, so things like, like more novelty things like chocolate coated bugs or like cookies that have bugs on the inside. And they just continue to be really popular. So um as part of our regulatory things, when you're coming up with a new food, you need to be able to create a nutritional panel for it. And obviously there's no nutritional panel information available for crickets or mealworms. So I sent away some of the crickets and mealworms that we had been breeding for nutritional testing so we could do an accurate panel. Um, And when I got the results back, I was actually really, really shocked and excited at the same time because I was really shocked that no one was actually eating insects for food in Australia, that it wasn't something that was like regularly available to people. Um, So with the perfect combination of skills with the food science and the entomology, I really felt like it was my mission then to go out and teach people about how nutritious insects were to have in your diet. And we did keep the lollipops and... um, the chocolate coated bugs and things like that on for a few years, but um, more to just kind of raise awareness about edible insects. But um, probably about five years ago, we stopped making those. Um, And now we really focus on healthy and sustainable and delicious products that have edible insects in them. So they might not be visible insects. Um, It might be things like a a burger that's made with um, like cricket meal on the inside. So it just looks and tastes like a regular 
um, vegetarian burger, but we're using the protein from the insects. So now what we do is we try and think of um, kind of foods that people eat every day um, that just happen to be enriched with edible insects in some way. Well, um, um, this is this is mind blowing, and I think it's so mind blowing because I love how fast you go with the whole fact that you sold one thousand lollipops in 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 one day. But let, let's go one step before that. I mean, you convince your brother, hey, let's make a thousand lollipops. That obviously he goes, yeah, sure, that makes sense. And then you make the thousand lollipops. Were you thinking, is this going to work? Or you were thinking, this is just for fun. There's no way I'm going to be selling. I mean, if, if, I, if I was your, your, your husband and you, you tell me you're going to be selling 1,000 lollipops with an insect, I, I think you were crazy. So what I was know, your he mentality? Thought was, <laughs> he thought I was crazy. He was like, why are you making so many of those? And I said, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. If I don't sell them all, um, I've got some leftover. Like we can just sell them through our website or send them out to schools or something like that. But I'm when we do events, I really do not like to run out of things. Like I hate going somewhere and if people come in the afternoon and we've run out. So um, I, I thought a thousand would be too many, but obviously it wasn't. Funny, I, I love how you say a thousand, just in case like the Australian army arrives and they need, they need a lollipop <laughs> that day. Okay, fantastic. So so you, you come up with the idea, you have the lollipop, you sell them and you still sell it. When do you think... Okay, this is going to be, I mean, a, a proper business. So we already had an existing business doing um, the educational activities um, for schools, so doing incursions about um, insects in the environment. So to start with, we just kind of added the edible insect products to um, the things that we could offer for the schools or um, the our website as well because we had a um, place where people can order life cycle kits like butterfly life cycle kits and beetles and stick insects and all that kind of stuff. So we just kind of, just to test it out, just added it as an extra thing um, that people could purchase and people were purchasing it all the time. It was something that was really, really popular and we were selling, um, especially the lollipops were very popular. So we had those in quite a few um, retail outlets like gift stores and lolly shops um, and, uh, after it got to a certain point where we thought, no, um, this is something that needs to be completely separate. We want, don't want this to be a novelty product anymore. We want edible insects to be taken very seriously. And we kind of built up a customer base, um, enough that we could do that. So then we switched over to it being a separate business and having its own website that was dedicated just to edible insects. Okay, this is mind-blowing because I, I love the fact that you went from something that is a novelty. I, I get why I will buy a lollipop. I mean, I, I get the concept. But with my kids and we see a lollipop that has a scorpion inside, I think I will buy it just for the novelty. Um, how, how difficult has it been to, to transition between this, oh, my God, I'm buying a lollipop, this is crazy, to I'm going to, um, I mean, to, to get that audience that is serious about what you're doing? Because... It's not easy, right? I mean, I mean, embracing eating insects, maybe for you it's completely natural, but I don't think it's completely natural for, for everyone out there. So tell me a little bit about the challenging of educating people to, for the transition. We, we have been working so hard at educating people for 12 years now. So it is, has been an 
extremely long and tiring process. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, uh, helping to get it out there was really with the novelty things like the lollipops and the cookies and stuff like that. So before that, people didn't even know that you could eat insects as a source of food um, in Australia. So educating people through those kinds of ways to start with. Um, really early on in the beginning, we um, started working with um, the Food Authority to help create standards for edible insects in Australia. Um, and at the time, edible insects were actually classed as a novelty food item in the Food Standards Code. So we worked really hard to get that changed. So in 2015, um, there was three species of insects that were moved off the novelty list so that they just have the same kinds of food standards as anything else. So anything you would buy in the supermarket, we use the same kinds of standards. Um, and that was really important. And that was a real big turning point for us because we don't need to do anything special for them now um, it just is exactly the same as any other products that you would purchase um, when we're looking at our products as well what we're doing is we're, we're trying to make it so that it's not scary it's not unusual we're not asking you to do anything that's weird to be including insects in your diet and most of the time they're actually invisible so you don't even know that they're there so we make things like bread that's enriched with cricket protein powder but the cricket protein powder makes it really high in b12s it makes it really high in protein makes it really high in amino acids so instead of having your white bread in the morning have a cricket bread in the morning instead of having um um, like your regular dairy yogurt, you could have yogurt made from cricket milk and that's got four times the amount of calcium as cow's milk. So wow. I think now um, because we have been doing so much education, even with children, so um, in 2007 we actually started an education program that fits in with the school syllabus. So we go out to schools or we connect with them um, using their smart boards, which are available in all schools now, the children um, are learning about future of food. So they learn about insects. They can connect with us farm staff. They can ask serious questions and they get to try edible insects at the end. So last year I actually had some of the, the first students that we had, I actually saw them at an event and they came up to us and said, oh, you came to our school and taught us about edible insects and now this is 10 years later, we have our own money and we are including insects in our diet because you taught us all about it and we really believe in it as well. And I nearly burst into tears and fell on the floor. Like that, <laughs> after 10 years, it's kind of um, proof that what you're doing with the children um, is really coming to really coming to fruition when they turn into adults and they're making smart food choices and I think the general public do make smarter food choices now the way that we think about food has completely changed in the past 10 years when we first started doing um like food shows and things there would be a big giant circle of people that didn't want to come anywhere near us because they were afraid that we were going to make them eat bugs <laughs> but now we get invited to go to all these amazing events and people go because we're there, because they've heard about edible insects through one of our education programs or through the media um, or through social media as well and they want to learn more about it and they've got really intelligent questions and once they've, um, once they've 
you know, asked all the questions and had them answered, then they definitely want to try insects. And there's this amazing kind of shift that happens in people's faces. So they're kind of happy and then they come and then they're about to put something in their mouth that um, has an insect in it that they might not be able to see. So it might be a piece of bread or like a dip or something like that. They put it in their mouth and they screw up their face and then they unscrew their face and they smile again because (laughs) I didn't know what to expect. I was expecting a buggy taste. And I'm like, what's a buggy taste? I have That's no a great point. That's, That's a buggy taste. Yeah. <laughs> what is a buggy taste? Nobody really knows. When you ask them, nobody really knows. But um, just the change in their face just makes it so worthwhile for me to see people's reaction change and you can kind of see that mental barrier broken in their brain as soon as they try something and then they go oh no that just tastes like regular bread I would definitely eat that because it's a sustainable and delicious and nutritious choice for bread I, I love that. Right now, so on, I, before this podcast, I went to Sydney Startups and I asked for questions. And obviously, you get the typical smartest questions, okay? I mean, people, I mean, are asking silly questions like, are they organic? What's bugging you? But one of the cool ones was, I mean, what's the dietary value comparison to other common food? And you already answered that with the bread. So can you give me some examples of what would be the difference between, let's say, I mean, me doing normal salt and for example, the, you have something called ant seasoning salt. Give me a few comparisons of how nutritious it is for me to move to, to eating, I mean, I mean, insects, bugs, or put it in my diet. So it depends on the kind of bug because different bugs have um, different nutritional content in them. So if we just look at crickets, though, so um, if we're using like a cricket protein powder, that's about 65% protein. And we actually have enzymes in our guts that are just there to digest the types of proteins that are in insects. So um, the majority of what you're eating in that 65% protein is actually getting converted into a type of protein that you can use. So that means that you're being much fuller for longer. Um, As an alternative, if you're eating a steak, um, a steak is about 20 to 28% protein, just depending on the cut of steak that you're having. Um, If you're having, um, if you're looking at calcium as well, the- Can can we repeat on that a little bit? Sorry. I mean, you're telling me a steak is 30% protein? Yeah. So about between 20 and 28% protein, just depending on the cut. Wow. And, 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 the, and the cricket is going to be 60%. Yeah. So that's the dried, the dried cricket is 65% protein. And with that, you don't have to, like, if you've got the cricket protein powder, you don't, you can use it in lots of different ways. So you can use it to um, add the protein to like a curry or a stir fry. So just add like a table. In instead of adding meat in, and it makes it really, really easier. You just blew my mind. I mean, literally, <laughs> you just blew my mind. Okay, I mean, this is fascinating. Okay, I, I was never expecting that I could actually double the protein intake of a steak with with cricket. Okay, fantastic. What else? Do, I mean, can you compare? I mean, I mean, for me, that is not cricket. What else do you use that than not cricket? Oh, so we have mealworms as well. Um, so mealworms also very high in protein. So those are about 62% protein. Um, they're really high in amino acids and also omega-3. So if we actually make a cooking oil out of mealworms, so the cooking oil has more um, omega-3 than salmon does. So you could use that in um, like if you're making a... Um, a 
like a cake mix or something and you've got um, like, you know, how you have to have a vegetable oil, you could add a mealworm oil instead and you're enriching the cake or whatever that you're making um, by having extra omega-3 and omega-6 in there. Wow, mind-blowing. And, and, and so, I mean, do you think that people come initially, I mean, to you based on, 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 on the fact of like, okay, this is new, I'm going to try this, and subconsciously they're thinking, I know that I'm not going to like it, okay? Um, and then once they taste it, they are hooked? Or what do you think is the reason why people get hooked to the idea of, of buying against from you guys? Because right now you told me about the protein, and I went, oh, my God, this is something I could consider, um, I mean, constantly to, to buy from you guys. So what do you think is the reason why people end up purchasing more and more and more from you guys? Um, I think the first time people have kind of heard about it and want to try it for themselves. So that's kind of the initial purchase. Um, Afterwards, once they have tried it for the first time and can see how easy it is to include in their diet, all the different ways that you can use it, so how versatile it is as well, um, and how it makes you feel is a completely different feeling because a lot of people are missing out on all these little micronutrients like magnesium and zinc and manganese and phosphorus and the B12 vitamins. So if you're having it quite regularly, like let's just say like two or three times a week, which isn't really that much, um, you can actually feel a difference in your mood and you can feel a difference in the way that your body is functioning. So, um, people just keep coming back because they can see the value in the product. And because it's a sustainable product as well, most people are looking for more sustainable options when they're feeding their families now. And insects kind of ticks all the boxes. I mean, it's it's, it's so interesting. It's interesting because, um, I mean, personally here talking about, about my own experience, my, um, I, I, I'm divorced and my, my ex-wife, I mean, has my, my, my two-year-old uh, part-time and she's actually a vegetarian. So one of the yeah. biggest challenges that she has right now is to include protein in his diet also at the same time because she doesn't cook a lot of meat. Obviously, looking at something like, like cricket protein powder, I mean, it's fascinating and also it's, it's super economic if, if we consider how, I mean, how much will cost you to introduce so much protein in, in your everyday uh, life. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm completely blown away. Let's talk about a little bit about the, I mean, the, the friction. Obviously, you have to deal with someone, I mean, ask in the question is, how will you, you overcome the, the, gro- the gross factor, right? Like, oh, this is gross, gro- gross. But obviously, the product doesn't look like this insects whatsoever. So it looks like just normal protein powder or a normal brownie or, or a cookie. Do you think that that's part of people's expectation that it's going to look absolutely horrible? I think so. And I think um, we watch a lot of Survivor and um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and shows like that where they're eating like gross whole bugs that are still wriggling sometimes, which I find is disgusting. Why would you eat a whole live animal? Um, But that's kind of what people think of when they think of eating insects. They think about having to chow down on this huge scorpion. And that's just really not the case. When we're looking at insects as the future of food, we're looking at ways to include them in 
the foods that you eat every day already. You don't have to do anything that's unusual. You don't have to go out and buy a kilo of frozen mealworms from the meat section and then try and work out how to use them. You've got them in like a a frozen patty, like a beef patty, but instead of beef, it's made with crickets and it's more sustainable and it's actually a more nutrient-dense product than a product that's made with meat. I, I love it. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I actually had insects in the past. I come from Colombia. Um, and in Colombia, we have this ant. It's called uh, Ormiga is ant in Spanish. And the, um, the, the name is called Culona. It means big ass ant. And it's an ant yeah. that comes in the, in the border. Like, between... Is that the one that tastes like bacon? <laughs> Yeah, it's like a bacon slash popcorn. Yeah, but we, we you eat it on the street, only in this specific area of Colombia near the border with Venezuela. And it's almost like fried with salt and you ha- you eat the whole thing. It's the whole proper ant in a, in a bag, like a popcorn bag. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit salty. Obviously, you, you see every single part of the ant and it tastes pretty damn good. Uh, but when you tell people, people go like, oh my God, that's gross. I will never be able to put it in my mouth. Or usually that is, the, that is the concept that people tell me about in, eating insects. Can you give me a bit of reference of how, I mean, I mean, do we compare with other cultures? So how does this work in Thailand? How, I mean, how important is insects in, in something like the, the diet in, in Thailand? Well, in Thailand, the government funds over 20,000 cricket farms and most of these are local um, community farms that help feed the communities. Um, If you go to school in Thailand, you actually have crickets for your lunch from your cricket farm that the kids look after. So it really shows you um, the way that people are um, introduced to food as a child is how they will react with food when they're older as well. So my, like my dad won't eat sushi 20 years ago in Australia, sushi was read because it's raw fish. Like my four year old just wants to go to sushi training every day. (laughs) He loves sushi and all of my kids love sushi. So it kind of shows you the way that um, our perceptions of food change over time. And as we learn about them, um, then we we learn that, you know, I actually, I do like raw fish, even though it's not something that I've tried before. I can try it and now I actually like it. And everybody likes sushi now. Um, I really hate oysters. I can't eat an oyster. It's like a little ball of snot. But other people love oysters and I don't, um, I don't <laughs> say anything about it. But I feel like a lot of people want to come up to me and tell me how disgusting or gross it is that I want to try and get people to eat bugs. But it doesn't happen as much anymore. But what I actually like to do is compare it to a prawn. So insects are so closely related to shellfish-like prawns that we actually have to put that on our allergen statement because the proteins are really, really similar in there. So if someone's allergic to prawns, for instance, they could have a similar reaction when they eat insects. Um, but you'll be happy to peel a head off a prawn and pull the shell off and then eat the, sh- eat the inside of the prawn. That Nobody thinks twice about that. If you have a look at what the prawn looks like, it actually looks really, really similar to the insects. Mind-blowing. I mean, I, I, I love the fact how our mind played tricks on us. And then once we, we, we break that barrier, I mean, we can actually embrace, I mean, products, and in this case, food. That is something so so personal. Do you think that it's a bit more challenging? I mean, I, I, I'm coming from a different country, uh, different culture. 
I've been, I live in nine different countries before being in Australia. Do you think Australians are a bit more close-minded or a bit more open now to, to something like this? Because you've been doing this for 10 years and obviously educating people to buy cricket protein powder, I mean, regularly, it can be easy. So do you think that it's a bit more challenging because you are in Australia? Um, I think that people's... In Australia, people's perception of food has really, really changed, especially over the past five years. So five years ago, we wouldn't have thought twice about going and getting a plastic bag from the supermarket and getting everything put into plastic. Now, you think twice about it because you don't want to add the extra environmental burden. The same thing is happening with food right now. People want to make sure that they're feeding the best kinds of foods to their families. They're feeding them a nutrient-dense and varied diet. So you've got lots of different things in there to help your bodies. Um, and they want to make sure that they're feeding their families sustainable foods. So things that um, when our population is growing like it is at the moment, we need other sources of protein and other sources of food um, that are going to be more sustainable and leave less environmental impact so that when our children grow up, they've actually got something to eat. Because at the moment, if we don't do something about it, they're going to have um, real challenges in the future. I love the fact that you've been, I mean, that you, you're the perfect mix, right? I mean, if, if an investor had to design, I mean, the perfect person to develop this business is going to be you, right? I mean, entomologists from one side and then food scientists. It's almost like, like it, it, can, it can't get any better. So how exhausting has been, I mean, or, or rewarding at the same time emotionally for you, the whole idea of educating your market? Because obviously you are ahead of the curve, potentially in 30 years time, there's going to be a lot of people eating bugs uh, and it's going to be part of our diet. But clearly you are ahead of, of your time by doing this. Has this been had a toll on you from a personal level of saying, oh my God, people keep asking me the same questions, making the same jokes, because I already post this and I can predict the jokes are going to happen um, <laughs> with this. Uh, it's a little bit like when, I'm, when people, I tell people I'm from Colombia, I get the same jokes about the drugs you know, and, 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 and narcos and all this. How exhausting has been for you the whole idea of, um, oh my God, same silly jokes over and over, um, and try, trying to build, I mean, edible box has been challenging? Um, it has been challenging, but I really feel like um, being available to people to answer questions, even if they ask silly questions, in that person's mind, maybe it's not a silly question, maybe it's a serious question to them. So I always want to answer all questions to the best of my ability to make sure that um, people get the answers that they need in their head and so that it makes sense for them. So even though I, I might have answered that question a million times before, um, they haven't asked that question a million times before. It's not the same person asking me that question over and over. It's different people and different people's brains work differently. Sometimes I might have to explain it in a couple of different ways for them to understand. But once they understand, then they can kind of move forward from those seemingly silly questions and ask some things that are a little bit more educated it's, it's interesting watching your uh, your instagram is fascinating because obviously the expectations of what you sell and when you see that delicious food i mean changes the whole uh, concept 100 percent 
quick question. When did you see something like this being mainstream? When did you think that our kids or our grandkids are going to go to a supermarket, I mean, a normal supermarket, and be able to, to see these, I mean, on the, on the shelves? Do you think it's going to be anytime soon? I mean, how do you envision this? I can tell you that within the next couple of months, you'll be seeing um, Australian farmed cricket powder on supermarket shelves around Australia. So it's not something that's happening in the future. It's something that's happening now. And having insects um, available in Australian supermarkets will really normalise it for a lot of people because you don't have to go online and wait for something to be delivered. You can have a look and have a look on their website and see these are some recipes that we can do it and all these recipes have been done by an amazing um, chef that everybody knows and loves and you can just have a look and say, hey, this is how I can use this cricket powder today and then you can go back tomorrow and buy more and it's something that simplifies the process. So um, I think within the next year you're going to be seeing a lot of different kinds of products containing edible insects in Australian supermarkets, in uh, like fast food as well, um, and in products that you already, you already buy. I, I mean, I mean, I love it. I mean, and I, and I can't wait to be able to make this kind of normal. I think, I mean, I'm not the most environmental conscious person, but I think the fact that this is so easy and the nutritional factor is, is so evident it's going to be, I mean, it's going to change everything, the way that we actually, I mean, think about food. I have a question about this from a, from a, from a business point of view. How, I mean, I believe that has been, I mean, your, your marketing has to be easy, right? Because this is something that people want to talk about. I did a few interviews with other startups and in a kind of way, their startup was slightly boring and therefore the viral effect of the product is, is very challenging. But in your case, by just, I mean, me talking to you about this, I'm going to tell at least 20 people that I'm, I'm talking to you. So tell me about the, the, the marketing behind this. Do you, do you find it that this is actually by default that easy to promote? Um, definitely very easy to promote. And to, to tell you the truth, in the past um, like 12 years, I've probably spent under $1,000 in marketing. And that's just because um, we do press releases or there's something that comes out in the news about edible insects. And um, we really try and capitalise on all the free media exposure. And um, because people are interested in it, as long as we're not pushing our product too heavily on them, we're giving a lot of valuable information to the topic that they're discussing. Um, we find that a really, really useful tool. And as well as social media, we use social media quite a lot and um, it kind of helps um, promote all the different kinds of products that we have in an indirect way. And looking at your Instagram, and now that I'm, I'm talking to you, I realize how, I mean, how strong your brand is and how much have you done. Do you think that people sometimes when they see the brand, they think it's just a hobby? Because I mean, obviously this is not a hobby, it's a proper business. You guys are crushing it. I love the packaging. I love how much you know about this. Do you think that because the topic is kind of weird, people believe it's not serious enough? And, and, and once they go deeper, they realize, I mean, how, how strong your business is? Uh, definitely. A lot of people, when my, my daughter says to everybody, because she's seven, so she goes to school. So people say, uh, Marley says that you're a bug scientist and that you eat bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we do. And then um, 
they want to learn more about it. What do you actually do? I don't really understand what that means because it's not a regular job. It's not something that you just go, oh, a doctor, I understand what that is, or a dentist, I understand what that is. Um, It's something that does require a little bit more of an explanation. And even at the moment, we're actually raising funds to expand and um, trying to explain... um, in an eloquent way, what we do to an investor is actually quite difficult because we've been in business for such a long time. There's a lot of different things that we do. We're a fully integrated business because we farm the insects ourselves. We've developed all the technology behind automation of the insect farming, which means that the price um, can be comparable to like chicken or something like that. Um, Then we actually develop and manufacture all of the retail products as well. So there's a lot of different things that we do. Um, So it's kind of hard to explain it in just a couple of words. I mean, it's so so interesting. And uh, the idea of homework, I mean, regarding this about insects and cooking, and it's pretty interesting how things, I mean, have have changed. I mean, I I found this article where this, this chef in 2014 uh, was talking about how the Michelin uh, guide uh, revoked one of the stars because there were insects in the menu. That was in 2014. But in 2018, but yeah, but in 2018, now the Michelin guide was embracing, I mean, restaurants in, in Madrid that had actually insects, right? Um, so, I mean, I mean, clearly having four years where from in one case, I mean, they didn't like it, but now they're embracing it. Tell me about the chefs and I mean, and the restaurants. I mean, because those must be difficult. I mean, I mean, cookies to I mean, <laughs> to crack. I mean, how how do those chefs, professional chefs, embrace these in in in, the, in their menus? Well, I think um, a lot of the professional chefs actually have really really creative minds. So the way that I look at an ingredient like the edible insects, I'm trying to think of how can I include the insects um, into foods that people eat every day to make it really easy for them to do. When a chef look at the same ingredient, they kind of look at it and go, how can I really challenge the way that people are viewing my food? How can I make this ingredient the star and make it really delicious? And they draw on all their experiences and all the other ingredients that they've been exposed to to kind of come up with this amazing dish that they've got at the end so I really it's not the way that my brain works so when they invite me to come to things and I get to try the edible insects in all these amazing dishes that professional chefs have done um, it really blows my mind about how how they use them and I think um, chefs don't want to be inside the box they want to be outside the box a million miles away and that's an amazing place to be because there's kind of um these amazing textures and amazing flavors and um all these amazing ways that you can use food that other people might not think about it's going to be very difficult for them to i mean to to hate you because obviously you are the holy grail of of new ingredients and, and chefs are always trying to impress. So obviously, having you on their side is going to be brilliant for them to, to impress. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can actually see you in the future. I mean, ha- having shows just that are dedicated to, I mean, to cooking uh, and eating uh, and bugs. In fact, I mean, I think MasterChef had already introduced, I mean, insects in some of the shows. I actually was doing some research. 
Yeah, Big so quiz. we did, um, I think one year we've done crickets for MasterChef and we've done um, some ants as well for MasterChef in other years. So it's really amazing because most of those contestants haven't seen edible insects before. So they kind of have to think on the fly and think of something that's really, really cool that they can do using the insects without any kind of prior knowledge, which is amazing. Do you have competition in Australia or you are like, I mean, technically the queen of the, of, of, of the industry here? So we've been doing it the longest amount of time and we do have the largest farm. Um, there's a couple of people that are doing amazing things at the moment within Australia um, that are kind of learning how to farm the insects. There's a couple of places that um, are producing products but might not necessarily be farming them, so they're just producing the end products. Um, but they all have different kinds of use, so it's not really a competition to each other. They're all looking at deep, uh, like different um, markets um, and it just makes a, a more diverse industry and just helps people helps people grow the industry, which is what we all want to do. So I mean, so actually, you you want more competitors? I guess, I guess the more I mean, the more competitors, the more products, the more educational I mean agents you will have I mean out there, and the better it's going to be for the industry, right? Yeah, and the. The aim of our business has always been to educate people about how to include insects in their diet and the way that we do that is completely different to the way that other people might want to do that. Um, and so I just say the more education and the more people that get to try insects, the better. One of the things that I like about your business and I also think it's a challenge is when a, when a startup or a business is trying to enter a market but there's a huge, I mean, friction of education. When, I mean, obviously this is your passion and I, have, I'm, I haven't talked to anyone so far with such a clear, I mean, I mean, values and passion. And this, technically, this business is what you believe. But what do you think, I mean, what would be your advice people that are actually trying to educate their audience on something they believe? How long would you wait? I mean, when, when you consider some stage quitting, I mean, where is the balance between when do you quit an idea because educating the, the market is going to be too difficult? Uh, I thought of quitting lots of times, <laughs> lots and lots of times because the way that, um, the way that I feel the products are didn't kind of match up with the market. The market wasn't ready for the products that I had. So I've got over a hundred um, like retail and ingredient products already developed that we haven't released that we've been doing over the past like 12 years that um, I didn't feel like the market was ready for it. And now I kind of feel like the market is ready. Sometimes you just have to wait. You have to wait for people to, um, to understand your product. Um, with my kinds of products, it was a little bit easier to wait because um, it is a food product and everybody needs food. Food is obviously a growth market, but it really does depend on um, on your individual product. Um, you have to kind of look at your competitors, if there's any competitors out there. Sometimes the way that you think might be a little bit too left of field and you might need to go away um, have a bit of a look at the product and come back with something that's a little bit different or maybe have a little bit of a wait on it and wait and see how the market develops and then come back. There's, you don't need, 
you don't want to push it in people's faces too early. And that's why when we started, we started doing novelty products, which was something that was a little bit fun and entertaining. But as um, I felt like the market was right, we stopped making those novelty products and really, really focused on our health and nutrition range because the market was ready for that. If I had launched... um, like a cricket protein bread 12 years ago, I wouldn't be in business today. You have to be flexible and look at where the opportunities are. Okay, so you told me that how many products do you have that you haven't released at the moment that you still I've have? Got been about released? <laughs> I've got about 100. <laughs> okay, I, I want you to, to, to shock. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your products right now and it's funny because I'm looking at them and goes, yes, yes, no, yes, yes, no. And usually some of the no's are based on the on the visuals, right? I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. Like the, 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 the snack crickets, I want to get them, but I go, oh my God, here I go. And I know if I order them, I can see myself kind of nervous, I mean, giggling, opening the box before having them. And I'm pretty sure they're delicious. Give me, I mean, I want you to shock me with, with some of the products that you haven't launched just yet that you're working on that you think they're going to be a bit out there. Uh, we actually are working on um, a cricket protein sausage at the moment. Wow. So, oh. so that's, that's something that every Australian loves a good sausage, but it will be quite a challenge for people to um, have a sausage that's based on cricket protein instead of regular kinds of protein. So I think that'll be kind of a big game changer when it comes to um, eating insects because it's something that you can give to your kids quite easily and because it's in something that they would normally eat, so they would normally eat a sausage, most children, um, but then it's kind of just the ingredients on the inside have changed a little bit so i think that's probably one of the big things that we're working on at the moment <laughs> that, that i think if, if you manage to break through that one in australia that's it i mean the future is going to be always bright because the sausage is almost like iconic in in australia mind-blowing how difficult is to um i mean your mind must work non-stop i mean i think you're your husband is a saint. I'm pretty sure you're cooking all the time and trying to make new ingredients. How difficult is it for you to, to, to focus on, on what you have right now and educate people with these products versus thinking about the next, I mean, product out there? Um, I think I kind of dedicate time to doing different things. So even if, and I do a lot of reminders and little notes in my phone. So if I'm Uh, doing an appearance or something and we're talking about something that's coming out right now or doing a cooking demo and then I might just have I might see something or someone says something and then it makes me think oh you know what would be a really good idea I always just kind of put a little reminder in my phone so that I can come back to that on a day that I've dedicated to product development so that I can look at it a little bit more in depth that way um, my brain is a little bit more focused on what I need to do at different times because I do have a lot of ideas at stupid moments basically (laughs) and then uh, previously like my mind would definitely wander off into certain directions thinking oh well if I did this and then I did this and then oh what other ingredients could we use that makes it really unique and what's coming out like especially when um, they made it legal for hemp protein to be sold as a food item in Australia my brain was going like a million miles an hour because I think hemp is actually a really good source of food as well so I'm like how can we include insects with hemp together how can we do that like what does that look like for me and for a whole week I was just thinking about that all these different things are popping into my head but um yeah I think I've really had to 
um, kind of uh, like have dedicated time specifically to think about how um, like to do recipe development and to think about, um, you know, the direction for new products and things like that. And that's kind of keeps me a little bit sane instead of going around in circles and not really getting much done. I can guarantee you're the only person in Australia thinking for one week how to include insects and how. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, before we finish, I have to, to, I mean, I mean, one more question is you, I mean, you are a mom. I've seen, I mean, photos of you, on, I mean, some photos of you on Facebook and you also a scientist and you're, I mean, and you're doing the insects and you're farming and you're launching products and you're going to schools and you're educating people. How the hell do you stay focused and how do you manage your time? I mean, give us a little bit of, of, your, of your tips for other entrepreneurs that are struggling with time and they're usually single and they have all the time in the world and you seem to be able to do it, to do everything. Well, I think um, the difference is I started my business before I had kids. So my kids have kind of just slotted in to my time, if that makes sense. <laughs> I love it. They <laughs> adapt to me. No other way around. Right. We've grown together into the time that we have available and my kids love coming to anything that I do to do with work. We're actually in Melbourne for two weeks doing the Melbourne show and I had my four-year-old standing there um, selling, we did an edible insect vending machine. So we had chips and lollies and um chocolates and things like that my four-year-old was standing there convincing people that eating insects in the form of a chip was an amazing idea and he was my best seller <laughs> so <laughs> so I feel like if you do have family your journey is a journey that they're having with you as well that's not something where you don't need to include them and um, when I'm doing my recipe development it's something that my kids help me with I look at what they're eating and they give me ideas about what they like to eat and then I can include insects in that kind of in some way um Definitely having a supportive husband is up there as well because if I'm doing an appearance and I can't take the kids with me, then that's something that he really steps up and he has his own business as well. So um, both of us having our own business kind of gives us the flexibility to move around each other's schedules and if there's something that's important than the other person has to do, then we just make the time to make it work for both of us. So like a, like a wonderful family and congratulations. I, I love your story. And I mean, this is such a good feel story. I mean, it's great. So it's a bit gross. still some photos that's still like, oh. but you know what? I'm actually going to buy some products. I mean, uh, from you this week, and I'm going to give it a go. It's going to be fun. I will record it when I'm trying some of the products. I can't wait. And I, I can't wait to actually cook with some of the uh, protein powders and, and the cricket. I think I'm going to dive in into one animal first. I will, I will hit the cricket way first. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a good idea. So most people, after they try the insects hidden in um, hidden in the foods, and so you can't see it, they'll come back and they'll purchase the whole insects because the insects themselves um, don't have a strong flavour. They kind of absorb the flavours that are around them, so they're really, really easy to put in other foods. And things like our snack crickets, it kind of goes the opposite way. So we're using Australian-native kinds of um, fruits and spices on there. So we've got things like chilli and finger lime or saltbush and rosemary flavour. And the crickets have the texture of, like, pork crackling so if you can get over the fact that it still looks like a cricket if you put it in your mouth it actually has a fantastic texture and this really unique and amazing flavor so you'll just keep eating it because it's really really addictive 
Okay, that will be me. I mean, hopefully in a few weeks. I'm going to be your your number one, I mean, case study. <laughs> and I have kids, so it's going to be great. Sky, if people want to know more about what you do, they want to follow you. It's so easy to find information about you, but give us, I mean, I mean, plug, um, I mean, your, your, your business. Tell us where we can actually go and buy delicious bugs. So we've got a website. It's the ediblebugshop.com.au. So if you just type in ediblebugshop, it'll come up um, in your search engine as well. Um, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or um, Twitter as well. So if you go to our website, it's got all the links on how to keep up with what we're doing. Okay, fantastic. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to, to taste some of the crickets. And, and yeah, and, and hopefully I will find some, um, some cricket powder in the supermarkets. I mean, very, very soon. Thank you for being in the show. Thank you. Okay, awesome. That was amazing. You are natural. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I talk a lot about bugs. So. No, this is amazing. I mean, that's what I need. I mean, there's, there's nothing worse than, than talking to people that have nothing to say. And it's funny <laughs> because when people apply to the interview, I see the topic and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a challenge. How am I going yeah, to find, yeah. I mean, one hour of conversation about this. But with you, it's like, yeah, this is dead easy. Okay, awesome. We can keep talking if you want. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be launching this in, in um, around uh, at the end of April. So I will let you know when the episode is ready. And yeah, I would love to, I mean, to even I mean, promote some of your products. And, um, and yeah, even um, if you want to, uh, I was just thinking, I mean, with Sydney Startups, I mean, it'll be pretty cool if the day that we launch the episode, if you want to, um, I mean, throw my way some uh, some some products to give away, like maybe, I mean, three or four bags that you want to give away to some listeners. That would be pretty awesome. I can actually promote it um, on the podcast if, you, if you're interested in, yeah, in reaching that. I think the entrepreneurial yeah. audience will be pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Just send me um, your address and stuff and then I'll ask for a, like a mix of different things to get. That's going to be so awesome. I will make a video about it. Okay. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Sky, for, for everything and have an awesome week. You too. Bye. Bye.